Nehemiah chapter number five. When we're speaking on this subject here, a godly pattern in leadership. Amen. A godly pattern in leadership. And um, uh, Nehemiah was certainly uh, certainly a, a good example of a leader. And uh, so we're going to look at a few simple thoughts here uh, this evening. Sorry, I got to loosen my top button there. Amen. I feel like I'm going to holler a little bit tonight. No, I don't know. Hey, listen, y'all, I like hearing your kids in church. Don't get all upset about it, all right, moms and dads and everybody out there. It'll be all right. I like hearing the kids in church. There's churches that don't have any kids in it, and they're dying. Amen. They're learning to sit in church. It'll be all right if they holler every once in a while. I'm louder than they are anyway, I can guarantee you. And so don't, don't worry about it, okay? Don't let it bother you. And by the way, folks without parent, without the kids, don't listen. Don't let it bother you either. All right? Because we could be a church without any children, and then we'd all be begging for children. All right? And so I like it. Amen. They're learning to sit in church. Nehemiah chapter number 5, verse number 14. The Bible says, moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be, be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year, even unto the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes the king, uh, that is, twelve years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor, but the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people and had taken of them bread and wine beside forty shekels of silver. Yea, even their servants bear rule over the people, but so did not I because of the fear of God. Uh, yea, also I continued in the work of this wall, neither uh, bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered thither unto the work. Uh, moreover, there were at my table 150 of the Jews and rulers, besides those that uh, came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six uh, choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me. And once in ten days of the store of all sorts of wine, Yet for all this required not I the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon this people. Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I ask that you'd help me again tonight. I ask that you'd breathe on me, give me a holy unction from on high. I ask that during this midweek recharge service, you'd help us focus in on your word tonight and help us to grow by it. And Lord, I do ask that you be with the little ones tonight, and I ask that you'd help them, um, to help them to learn to, to focus in as well, and, and uh, that we just be patient with them as they're growing, and that they would uh, just learn to, to be in church. And Lord, it's a blessing having them here. And uh, Lord, we thank you for all the young people that are here tonight. We really appreciate it, Lord, having little ones in church. Um, but God, again, for this midweek service, I ask that you meet with us and you, and you definitely uh, uh, show your mighty hand. Lord, we ask for the invitation time that you move mightily and you bring folks to the altar. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look at this subject of a godly pattern in leadership, uh, the fact is this, is that our churches, or we could say it this way, the body of Christ as a whole, we need leadership. And I, I, let me say this tonight, I'm not just, let me, when I, every time I'm using the word leadership, I'm not necessarily exclusively speaking about a pastor, I'm not exclusively speaking about deacons, and I'm not exclusively speaking about Sunday school teachers, but the fact is this, is we need godly leadership. And our churches are 
absent of them or they just have bad leaders in general. And uh, there might be a leader, but then there's many that don't even have any leadership at all. This world needs godly leadership. All right, the only, the only option that we have is, well, what we have today, right? And we need godly leaders. So I, I have two points tonight. I have several sub points, but I only have two points tonight, amen? And so as regards to this godly pattern in leadership, I, I honestly don't think I'll be real long tonight. I might end up being long. I don't know, but we'll just take a look here. First thought tonight I want to notice is the catalog in the leadership here. In verse number 14, we'd begin there, and we'd see where we find a foregoing in, his, in this catalog. You say, what do you, and I'm calling it a catalog because we're going to catalog some things. First is the foregoing. The foregoing of what, Pastor? The foregoing of privilege. And in today's society, everyone wants privilege. And don't miss this. Not just in society, not just in the world, but God help us in our churches. People want privilege. Note tonight in verse number 14 as we read here, the Bible says, Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah. So we see that Nehemiah has been appointed to be the governor. We'd find there it's been 12 years, but he says this, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. You say, pastor, what's wrong with that? What do you mean? I thought he was a governor. How has he not eaten the bread of the governor? Because this is what he says in verse 15. Watch this now. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people. Oh, you say, well, what are you talking about, pastor? Well, they put a burden on the people and expected the people to give them something. Like they thought that they were entitled to something. This was the previous leaders. But these governors here, if you will, Nehemiah and the men that helped Nehemiah in leadership, they understood that, watch this, I'm not entitled to anything. That's what they understood. And you understand this tonight, Christian, is that we as Christians and believers in the word of God, we understand tonight that we're not entitled to anything. See, the problem in many churches is when churches go awry is when somebody thinks they're entitled to something. Think they're entitled to some position. Think they're entitled to some title next to their name. Listen, I, I, I appreciate people calling me pastor. I appreciate people calling me preacher. I appreciate people calling me brother Clayton. But at the end of the day, I'm just Clayton Stephix. I'm not anybody special. I'm just a, a rotten piece of flesh. Amen. Don't get mad at me tonight. But I'm nobody. We all understand tonight that none of us are entitled to anything tonight. We need to learn as Nehemiah did and forego our privilege you think i'm somebody that's our society but the bad sad thing okay look, look, look the lost world I, I, we kind of get it because they're sinful they don't have a god they don't have the god of this world has blinded their minds we, we we get that but the sad thing is is when it comes to our churches someone thinks well I, i'm entitled to something you know that is that's poor leadership that's not godly leadership i think about we had, I had one, one of my lieutenants, uh, Abadia was his last name, and very, very good, very, very good lieutenant. Best lieutenant I ever had while I was serving in the military. I remember there'd be just different times when we were doing stuff as a private. We're out there filling sandbags. Brother Mark, those are like little um, canvas deals, about this big bags. You got to... You know what I'm talking? Okay. Anyway, uh, they, they, they probably ordered them from the army as we put them on pallets. Amen. Anyway, uh, but we're filling sandbags. And I remember our lieutenant coming out there and say, hey, what's going on, private? Say, hey, I'm going to help you all out here. We're like, why is our lieutenant out here? 
And it wasn't just that. It was multiple occasions. I could say for our lieutenant and several even of our NCOs would do things like that. And they would just watch us. They were just good. They were foregoing their privilege. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Look, that lieutenant never one time had to fill a sandbag. Not at any point did he have to fill a sandbag. But he forwent, forwent his privilege, just let it go, and just went out there, grabbed an e-tool, and started shoveling in some sand into a sandbag. Not because he thought he was better than us or, or thought that he needed to be a part of us. He was what I would call a good leader. But may I say tonight, we're not just called to be good leaders, we're called to be godly leaders. And when we see Nehemiah here as the leader of Judah there, the Bible says he comes into the land of Judah, he forwent his privilege. We not only see the foregoing, but notice the fortifying as well. The fortifying in the catalog in verse number 16, he says, Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall. Note, there's some thoughts here. And, and first I want to see is that he, he didn't, forego his responsibility to continue to work, number one. He, he, I, I'm the leader, I don't have to do anything. Come on now. Godly leaders will get down in the muck and the mud and, and serve with the servants. That's what's going on here. That's number one. But number two is, a godly leader, hear me on this, a godly leader will protect those around them. That's what the wall is for. A godly leader protects if you want to say it this way, young Christians in the faith from nonsensical things that they shouldn't have to deal with. Come on. Now, I, I, listen, listen, there's a lot of things that as a Christian, as you grow in the faith, you'll begin to see warts in Christianity that a young convert should never have to deal with because they're not to the point where they can understand that those people are still flawed too. So it's a fortifying position. And Nehemiah is protecting the people of God, but not only is he protecting the people of God, he is also in the work doing it himself, not expecting other folks to do it for him. See, we, I, I, I've seen it and I, and I, and I, in churches, and, and, and it comes from the, the, the pastor sometimes, and I, it frustrates me when I see a pastor that will hold the people or the uh, staff or whatever to a different standard than he holds himself because he's not down there fortifying the wall. He thinks it's up to somebody else. There, there ought to never be a job. Hear me. There ought to never be a job in this church that's beneath any one of us. Whether it be scrubbing a toilet or unclogging a toilet or working in a nursery or serving in a Sunday school department. When that ought to never be beneath us. You say, well, pastor, I don't have the ability to do some things. And I get that. There's some things that we don't have the ability to do. And I understand that. But it should never be beneath us where we think we're better than going down there and fortifying the wall. So Nehemiah said, yea, also I continued in the work of this wall. You can also bring out to this point of the fortifying there is that Nehemiah came to Jerusalem for the express purpose of building the wall. If you will, he didn't forget, if you want to say it this way, the main purpose of his, of his task. See, I think sometimes even with that said, we might get busy in church and we're serving and we're doing whatever, but we forget the main purpose. What's the main purpose? Is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the centralized focus of the word of God. Now, you don't have to like it. It just is. Jesus says, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
Amen. He didn't come to organize. He didn't come to administrate. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen, look, Jesus didn't, don't get upset about it. This is part of the Christian faith and don't, don't ever take anything from him. He didn't come to set up prayer meetings. I love prayer meetings. We have prayer meetings. He came to seek and save that which was lost. See, what happens is sometimes even in our Christian faith, we'll get to check in boxes and think that I'm okay. But no, uh, listen, Nehemiah was working and serving and doing all kinds of things, but he didn't forget his main cause of coming to Jerusalem, and it was to fortify Jerusalem, to build the wall. Well, as the church in this present age, our main purpose is to try to keep souls out of hell. I try to have gospel tracks with me everywhere I go. Even if I'm in a t-shirt and blue jeans, I try to have them slid in my back pocket or something. Because I want to be able to give the gospel everywhere I am. Have I mastered it? No, not necessarily. But we understand tonight that that's the main cause. Not only do we see their foregoing and the fortifying in the catalog, but notice here, the feeding of the catalog. The feeding. Now in verse 17, a good leader feeds his people. Note this tonight, the Bible says in verse number 17, sorry, my page is sticking together there. Moreover, there were at my table and 150 of the Jews and rulers at his table eating with him. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean by eating with them? Well, I understand that he's talking about a physical form there. I, I, I get that. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not unaware that he's talking about a fleshly food, a a. Uh, 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 a meat and potatoes, praise the Lord. I, I'm sure they weren't eating no pork chops, but I, I know that they were eating food all together. Well, you say, Pastor, what are we talking about tonight? Well, the Bible, the Word of God exhorts the elders to feed the flock of God. Listen, a, a pastor is called to feed the elders. A bishop is called to feed the elders but, or, or feed the flock of God. But hear me on this very carefully. Listen to me tonight. That listen, whether you be a Sunday school teacher or a children's church teacher or a peewee church teacher, it does not matter. We must understand that we're called to feed that little flock that we're taking care of as well. The word of God says this, and I'm talking about being a godly leader. By the word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 1, the elders which are among you, I exhort whom also am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also partake of the glory that shall be revealed. And then he says this in verse 2, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Note this, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now I understand what he's talking about and I know he's talking to pastors but you got to understand this tonight. You got to recognize this tonight. Every one of us as a godly leader have been given the responsibility to feed those that come after us. I, I, I am bothered by our present churches today. Even so-called fundamental Baptist churches today. I'll listen to some of their sermons and it's just full of cream puff. Cream filling. I like cream filling in a donut, but I don't like cream filling in my preaching. Right? I, I mean, sometimes it's supposed to step on your toes. Watch. I said the main thing is the gospel, but we can't only preach the gospel. Right? Teaching them to observe all things doesn't mean only the death, burial, and resurrection. All things isn't just the death, burial, and resurrection. Right? Sometimes there's some heavy stuff we got to chew on, even if it's Sunday morning. Amen? 
We got to be willing to feed the flock of God. Listen, if you want to be a Sunday school teacher, if you want to be a children's church worker, if you want to listen, if you want to serve in this church and you got to get given the authority of a class, we've got to feed those under us. Listen, that's godly leadership. Poor leadership doesn't feed them. Poor leadership doesn't feed them. May I go so far as even to say this, mamas and daddies, you ought to be feeding your families godly spiritual food. Amen. Godly spiritual food. I'm not telling you if you got little ones, you got to, I mean, I'm not teaching my children about the seven, eight dispensations. I'm not teaching them about the old and the new covenant necessarily. I'm not teaching them necessarily about uh, what uh, every, uh, every finer detail of some deep doctrines yet. They've got to still get saved. Amen. But we ought to understand that we have to teach and feed them the word of God. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if, if I don't feed my children the word of God, I'm a poor leader in my home. If I'm not feeding my wife, don't miss, don't miss this, fellas. If I'm not feeding my wife uh, 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 godly things from the word of God, I am a poor leader in my home. We've been called to be godly leaders. We not only see the catalog here, but we also notice the cause tonight. I told you I wouldn't be long. That's my second point. Look at that. Told you, well, two points, that's it, catalog and cause. All right, we not only see the catalog, but notice the cause tonight. The cause, the cause for what? His godly leadership is what I'm speaking about here. His cause for godly leadership first is with, because of fear. Fear of what? The Bible says in verse 15, note in the latter part there, but so did not I because of the fear of God. He's saying, watch this now. We understand that, that we, we, in verse 15 and 14, if you remember, he forwent his privilege. He let it go. He, he didn't think he was entitled to anything. And the reason he took that position is because he feared God. You want to know the problem with many of our so-called leaders in our churches is they don't fear God. That's the reason why the church don't fear God is because the men of God behind the pulpit don't fear God. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by fear God? Am I supposed to be afraid of God? Well, sure, why not? He can snuff your life out like that. Fear God. In other words, care what God thinks. Care what God thinks. Care what God thinks about the way you talk, what you, huh, what you inhale, what you inhale, what you drink and pass over your lips. Care what God thinks. Care what God thinks about how you dress, what kind of music you listen to, and the movies you even watch. No, I'm talking about the fear of God. I'm talking about being a godly, hey, I'm talking about being a godly leader. A godly leader. Whether you want to be a leader or not, you are a leader of sorts. Whether you be godly or not, you are a leader. You understand? Society don't care what God thinks. Unfortunately, and, I, and I'm not trying to get on our president's case, but he don't really care what God thinks. Our celebrities don't care what God thinks. Everybody's worried about their follows, their likes, their shares, their viewers. I mean, that's what everybody's worried about today. It's not about the fear of God and what God thinks. You understand tonight, uh, and I've said it and I've given this illustration, but, but we ought to live into an audience of one tonight. It's not about pleasing mankind. It's about fearing God. 
You understand that, that there were other governors before him, other people that ruled Israel before Nehemiah, that they, they said, no, 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 we're entitled to this, we want this, and Nehemiah said, no, 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 we're entitled to nothing because I don't care what you think, I care what God thinks. You understand, now we ought to learn to fear God. The Bible says, with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. We not only see the cause is because of fear, but also the cause is because of, the, of a feeling a feeling, yes. Verse number 18. Note this. He says, yet for all this required not I uh, the bread of the governor. Watch this. Because the bondage was heavy upon this people. You say, what are you talking about? He felt the burden of the people. He cared for the people. Hear me on this. A good leader genuinely cares about the people. When you grow cold and you grow calloused, watch this, you're no longer a godly leader. I understand that people will do what people do. But that doesn't mean we grow indifferent towards people. As you serve in the ministry of the Lord around here, hear me, watch this very carefully. You ought to care for the people. The Word of God tells us in June 22, right? And of some have compassion making a difference. The reason why people don't make a difference is because we don't care for the people of God. Help me. The reason why we don't make a difference in the lost sinner's life is because we don't care about the lost sinner that's on their way to hell. We ought to be burdened for the people. Nehemiah says, man, they already got it bad enough. He, as you were, if you were, you go to the Gospels and you'd find where Jesus, he saw the multitude and he was moved with compassion on them. He cared. He felt for the people. Do you feel for the people of God? Do you care for the people of God? When someone's missing or someone's not around here, do you care about the people of God? Does that move in your heart? Does it hurt you in your heart? If someone gets upset and leaves church, does it burden you? Does it hurt you? Listen to me. You say, Pastor, should we move on? Yes, we have to press forward for the cause of Christ, but it ought to do something to us. Hear me on this. Why? Because we feel for the people of God. We ought to always feel for him. Talking about godly leadership. Nehemiah as a godly leader, Nehemiah as a godly leader cared about God's people. We ought to care about God's people no matter what. We not only find tonight with the cause, we see the fear and the, fe the feeling, but we also notice tonight is the favor in verse number 19, it almost goes hand in hand with what we spoke about with fear. But we find here in verse number 19, the Bible says, Think upon me, my God, for good. In other words, he's saying, watch this now, I want your favor, God. According to all that I have done for this people. Now note this tonight. Don't get upset at me tonight. But, 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 but Nehemiah, when he's speaking to the Lord here, he's saying, God, do you see what I've done? You see how I've sacrificed. You see how I've given. You see how I've given my life. He says, God, do good for me because of what I've done. Listen, God promises, hear me, God promises to do us that away. It's the, watch this now. It's the law of sowing and reaping. We, we always think that be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap, is always a bad thing. Because he that sows the flesh shall reap corruption, but he that sows the spirit shall reap life everlasting. 
You understand that we can sow good things and reap those good things back. So when we say, God, I have plowed, I have worked, I have served. Oh, God, I just want your favor. There's nothing wrong with that. You understand, why do we serve God? It's for his favor, not for a pat on the back. It's not to be recognized. It's not to be reminded about how great or how good we are. But rather, it is for the favor of the Lord. A godly leader only cares about God's favor. Do watch this now. Do I think I have to have a pat on the back? Well, then I'm probably not a godly leader. If I get my pat on the back from the Lord, then I'm probably a godly leader. You say, Pastor, don't, is there something wrong with giving someone a pat on the back? No, there's not. The Bible tells us to give honor to whom honor is due. There's nothing wrong with giving someone a pat on the back. Saying, Brother, you did a great job on that. Matt. Brother, you did. Man, I really enjoyed your Sunday school lesson. Brother, I, I, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Sis, I really enjoyed your special. That song was incredible. But hear me on this. We don't do that for the favor of man. We ought to learn to do that for the favor of God. I understand that in the word of God, the Bible tells us that, that when a man is, when a man's ways please the Lord, he even maketh his enemies to be, be at peace with him. But you got to understand something about that thing, about that verse. The Bible says, watch this now, that he even has enemies. Don't miss it. He has enemies. Well, you hear what I'm saying? People say, well, a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies are at peace with him. Watch it. Yeah, but he has enemies. See, in our modern society, nobody wants enemies. You say, preacher, do you want enemies? Not necessarily. But if I'm always trying to find favor with God, hear me, along the way, we will make enemies. I've just got to learn to make favor with God. And God will take care of the rest of that. My ways, I want my ways to please the Lord. Am I perfect? No. Will I be perfect this side of heaven? Absolutely not. But that's where we're striving toward. Right, I we run in that race, and, and, and it ought to be a constant step that direction. That's why church is important to remind us that I'm trying to find favor with God, not with myself, not with the spouse, not with the children, not with my friends, not with my coworkers, but with God. Godly leadership, godly leadership. Decide tonight, hear me, decide tonight that you're going to be a godly leader in your home. You're going to be a godly leader in this church. You're going to determine in your heart, no matter what takes place, you're going to take this pattern that Nehemiah has set forth for us to say, I'm going to be a godly leader. Watch this, Christian. I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to close tonight. That, 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 that we're, we're leaders, no matter how, how, it, how it all washes out, we're leaders no matter what. We're a good leader, godly leader, bad leader, whatever. We are leaders of some sort, right? And in this world, people are watching us. And many people know, even if you don't live it, they know that you have an unction of so-called religion somewhere inside of you because you go to church on Sundays. And you may be the only Bible anybody ever reads. You may be the only Jesus anybody ever sees. Don't get mad at me tonight, 
But you understand it's so important and imperative for salvation of the souls of lost mankind that we be godly leaders everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Ask yourself this question tonight. Am I truly a godly leader? Am I truly a godly leader? A godly leader makes eternal decisions for an eternal impact. A godly leader makes eternal decisions for an eternal impact. Let's decide tonight that I'm going to follow Nehemiah's godly pattern of leadership. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I ask that you just help us tonight. You meet with us this evening. I ask that you'd help us to be godly leaders tonight. Make a decision in our hearts to be a godly leader. Please, Lord, I beg of you to help us to be a godly leader. Lord, not just, not just at church, but in our homes, and our jobs, in our social gatherings. You'd help us to be godly leaders.